All right, John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Stronger Die podcast. Today my guest is Will Bunn. Um, I met Will, oh man, probably about almost 10 years ago at a martial arts gym in Morgantown. Uh, he's moved since then, but I wanted to get him on uh, the podcast here to talk about a few things. Um, how are you today, Will? Doing pretty good. Uh, thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, so when, when did we um, meet up? I'm real bad with dates and stuff, but it's been, it's been 10 years, right? I was just about to say, I opened uh, One Time Martial Arts in, yeah, in 2008. Uh, actually, so yeah, just uh, just on the uh, on the cusp of 10 years. And um, how long did uh, how long did you run that joint? I mean, it was a while. Uh, yeah, we. I see. I was in the uh, in the small place. Uh, I think I, I had it to about maybe 2012. Um, and, you know, I was just lucky to have a lot, of, you know, a lot of great students and was able to expand as I, as I went on. Uh, you know, it was always a, always a good, you know, I had a, a good group of guys. I think, uh, the second building, uh, I spent so long, I can't, the, the rail system was right by there. Yeah. But, uh, I think I uh, Neil, uh, who eventually took the gym over after I left. I think he's moved it once or twice uh, since then. Uh, yeah, it's up, it's up off the um, exit, uh, the airport exit now. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so uh, back then it was um, uh, Morgantown Martial Arts was the name of the joint, and um, you offered a lot of different classes. So most of the um, most of the other places in town, they would offer one or maybe two um, different uh, types of classes. You know, they have boxing or maybe boxing and jiu-jitsu or something along those lines. But you had a bunch of different stuff. Um, I remember uh, you had a Muay Thai class, um, a no-gi class, a gi class. Then I think there was there was a catch wrestling class, or I think you called it submission wrestling and uh, maybe a few others. I mean, you, you guys had a lot of stuff going on um, out of there, which is what uh, drew my attention when I first found out about the place. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, what kind of um, formal training in uh, Muay Thai did you have? Um, well, as far as uh, uh, Muay Thai, I, wanted, I first started training when I got to uh, Ohio, um, 2006. I, I, I kind of gabbled a little bit. Uh, before then, um, in college, where I was playing football. So once I got done with football, uh, I still wanted to be active and compete. And yeah. uh, I had a, a wrestling base. I grew up wrestling with my family, my dad and brother, and everything. We're all big wrestlers. So uh, I haven't done terribly too much stand-up. So that was intriguing me a little bit more. Um, right. So I started with uh, Michael Pat. And, um, uh, I think the gym was called Beaver Creek Martial Arts. Um, and uh, one of his instructors, Oscar Callett, um, and uh, I had my first competitions were a lot of tie fights uh, because that was my weakest area at that point. Um, cool. Um, and then you also offered um, submission wrestling, which um, at the time, and to my knowledge, still was the only um, submission wrestling or any type of um, wrestling uh, that was offered in 
Morgantown or maybe the state. I've never seen submission wrestling in West Virginia anywhere. Um, there's a lot of places with jiu-jitsu and um, some other stuff, but I've never seen submission wrestling in West Virginia other than what you had offered. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. All right. Well, when I first uh, got to Morgantown, it was uh, um, I started competing and training here in Ohio and uh, doing really well. And then um, my uh, wife, or ex-wife, got a job there, so we, we up and moved. So while I was still competing and training, and uh, a lot of the gyms I found there only did uh, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, with a gi. And coming from a wrestling base, uh, the gi is just very foreign as far as, like, the grips and stuff. And I didn't really, you know, wasn't really too interested in that. I was inter- interested more in stuff uh, more specific to MMA and how it could relate. Um, so that's when I opened up my own uh, place. And I, I tried to, every time I tried to teach, um, I believed it was good for itself, but it also transitioned into MMA pretty seamlessly. Um, and like I said, I'm not, you know, coming from a wrestling background, uh, the, the no-gi submission wrestling or even catch stuff is a lot easier. You know, it tends to be a lot easier than the, as far as the gi stuff. <clears throat> yeah, and just, um, I, I took that class for a while, um, and, and I really liked it. I thought, I thought I had a lot of, um, practical use and um, especially for uh, like like a, like a real confrontation or a real fight like a street fight I think it was because I think it's a faster um, a faster type of grappling um, you're not right. you don't you don't necessarily spend 10 minutes setting up something it's it's very quick um, and uh, I think I think that's much more applicable in, in a street situation or, or maybe even an MMA situation um, that's just my thoughts uh, from when I first encountered that. And, um, I didn't take the class for very long, but I, uh, I really enjoyed that. And there's not been anything since then um, in the area. Um, <clears throat> so I think you really had something going, going with that one. I'd like to see something spring up here again at some point for that. Um, now, you also, uh, one thing I noticed when you were running the, the school um, that you were the owner of the place, but you would still come in and you did most of the classes. I remember when we would do Muay Thai, um, you would teach the class, but you'd also participate in the class. And when we did the submission wrestling, you would you would wrestle with all of us. And then even in the um, gi, I know you said the gi was kind of foreign being a wrestler or whatever, but I remember you doing the gi, the gi class oh, with us. Yeah. And um, I always thought that was really cool because you can go to some places and the, the instructors, they don't get in the trenches with you, you know. Right, and that's kind of the, you know, a lot, a lot of my training going in. You know, I, uh, I'd always went with the, uh, the instructors were always, you know, involved in the class. Um, I mean, I could be like some of the old school places, and you know, you got a chair sitting there, and the guys just sitting there yelling at people, doing the chair, you know. Um, but I'm not gonna make myself better. I'm not gonna make other people better. My belief, if I'm just pointing out stuff. Um, thinking at, at that time, I was very heavily in, in competing myself. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I brought some guys in to do the gi stuff, um, and you know, I, I, you know, I'm open to learn, you know, everything. I think I we've even had uh, 
uh, some guys from around the area that do uh, kung fu. He's even done some stuff with them. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I just really um, enjoy you know, all aspects of it because even if you're teaching, you're still learning at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's important. A lot of um, a lot of places don't do that, or or if you do go to some places, um, you know, a lot of places have multiple instructors, and some instructors will do that, and some won't. And I always, um, if nothing else, I at least have a little more respect for the ones that do, you know, hop in there and do stuff, and they're not just, um, you know, barking orders and stuff. Because it's easy to see how much somebody knows if if they're uh, if they're in there with you, you know, if they're willing to to learn or even. Yeah. Even watching the instructor, if they make a mistake, that's I think that that's a, a cool experience, you know. Right, right. I mean, uh, you know, I, I used to tell the guys, um, you know, I, I might be teaching the class because you don't know this certain thing, but that doesn't necessarily make me better than anybody taking the class. Right. You know, uh, I, I don't you know think anybody should put themselves above anybody. Um, I mean, I've I've been in gyms. I've trained with you know. Uh, High-level professional fighters, you know, during stand-up or grappling, and I've caught them a couple times. You know, their their experience level and stuff is well above mine. You know, but uh, you know, hopefully they were able to learn from that. And I was definitely able to learn from it. So I think yeah. that if everybody works together, it's just you know, it helps everybody learn and progress. Yeah, I think um, combat sports. Uh, people look at it as an individual sport. And of course it is an individual sport. You know, once they step through the ropes or once the cage door closes it is, but um I think up until that point, you know, it's a it's a very much a team uh team sport in reality. Right. Well I think all the um and I, I think it's really like anything. You know, if you have uh um you know uh strongman or, or even like bodybuilding competitions, you know, you're not in the gym solely by yourself. I mean, you are to some extent sometimes, but you, a lot of times people have a team of people around them, you know, and they're helping you out, you know, and everybody kind of has a different role. Now, once you compete, uh, you obviously you're, you're by yourself, but, you know, I believe you need a team, uh, a solid foundation to help you get to that point. Yeah, and um, I, I tell that to my um, my strongmen and powerlifters all the time. Um, you know, it, it it's not a necessary thing. I mean, there have been uh, MMA fighters and strongmen that definitely trained on their own and did very well, but it, it definitely enhances the experience to have people there to push you and, and um, to motivate you and, and all that. Um, and I think there's big, there's really good examples of that, like with Louis Simmons and uh, the Westside Barbell Club in Ohio. Oh yeah, yeah. You know they they have a huge uh, team mentality, and it shows. Uh, you know they're considered one of the best, one of the strongest gyms in the world, and um, mm-hmm. and they actually trained some MMA guys. I think um, Matt Brown was training out there, and uh, a couple other guys. Yeah, yeah, we have a, a couple friends that uh, that have gone out there, um, and, and they have some. You know, they have some unique, crazy ideas about uh, how to do stuff. Things like that. I mean, it, it it all works. And so like I say, it's all. Uh, as long as you don't go into any situation thinking you know everything, you know, you have to always become a student. Um, you know, I, yeah. I've been living and training for, you know, I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you how many years, but, 
know, I, I, I know when I, you know, I'm going to the mat or from the gym, uh, I can always learn something, you know, because everything's evolving, changing. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Um, so, so that you said that the gym opened in 2008, and then um, you moved. Uh, where did where did you move to the first time? You moved a couple times since then, right? Uh, yeah, the uh, went. Um, I uh, we left there, and then went to North Carolina for a little bit, and it, it kind of got a situation where uh, me and my ex-wife at the at the moment, you know, it's kind of rocky stuff. And um, I think that kind of hindered me a little bit in my, my career, but that's, that's a different story. But it got to the point where it was tough for me to run a, run a business, uh, train fighters, um, and train myself and compete. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I remember taking, we did a, it was a, I think it was Ohio versus West Virginia um, thing. Um, I think you might even cornered me that night, but uh, yeah. I, I think yeah, I think I remember that. Um, uh, Jared Garvin uh, fought on that card, and um, right, right. Maybe maybe Adam Zeradnik. Oh, he and he was winning. Um, I think yeah, I think it's one of the kids set up and broke my nose, but uh, the you know I I think we had I, it was five of us fighting. I yeah. cornered everybody. Uh, I think all the fights except for uh, Sean Goldstein's went the distance. I think we had two or three guys lose, and like when I can't, I can't remember if I was the main event or co-main event. Uh, but I just remember I get get back there and warm up, and everybody's gone, and uh, I'm physically exhausted, you know, or I'm I'm emotionally exhausted. Um, yeah, because I, I can't watch fights uh, before the. Before my fight, I used to sit back, relax, try to sleep, listen to music. Uh, yeah, we're out some It's not the, it's not the smartest move. <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever gets you there. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember that. Um, and then uh, I've probably, I've probably been at a few of your. Um, fights, and then um, I also went to a few events where um, you were cornering other people. And um, right. uh, one thing I noticed too, because you, uh, I had I had trained at an intern for Team Outlaw um, the summer before I started training at your place, I believe. Um, okay. I trained an entire summer down there, and um, I did their strength training program for them for the whole summer. And there was supposed to be an event at the end of the summer, like right before school started. And mm-hmm. um, we trained those guys for, it had to have been a solid 12 or 16 weeks. And then two weeks before the fight, the whole thing got canceled. And that was a oh, huge, man. huge bummer. Um, and the funny thing is, to me, that was very shocking because I hadn't been around sports where that was a thing. Um, yeah. where like events would be canceled, but then I came to find out that it was because it's very common in combat sports for whatever reason. Um, I remember yeah. that you had trained um, Adam uh, and uh, maybe and Scotty Bates, and um, I was going up to 
I think that was also in Ohio or, or maybe it was Parkersburg, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Scotty was having his first fight, and the guy no showed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, that was my second experience with that, but it's very common. Do you have any experience? Uh, have you experienced the same kind of thing? Uh, yeah. The um, I mean, and hopefully, I'm, it's not as common now as it used to be. But I think one of the reasons is there not as many promotions as there used to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I remember I remember that bringing him up there because I know he he was real worried. I know his uh, his fiance was. You know, wasn't too happy about him doing it, and he's like, "Look, I just gotta, you know, check this off the bucket list." Um, he he, Scotty worked hard, and you know, he did a great job. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I think uh, I'm not sure what happened to the guy. Uh, my uh, trainer, Michael Pat, who also uh, ran the Ohio Extreme Fighting, um, he used to joke. He said, "He's like, I think I've killed about 50 grandparents." You know, and about 30 parents. Because, I mean, week up, and I've had fights. I've, I had my, my travel books, you know, and especially when you're starting on amateur level, you know, a lot of people, that's all out your pocket. You know, they don't, some places you might get like a 50 bucks travel reimbursement. But you're spending more in your travel, food, hotel, um, then, you know, training. And I, I drive up to Ohio from Morgantown and, uh, you know, the guys are like, oh, you know, fight's canceled. You know. So that, it, it's definitely a frustrating thing, you know, because uh, you, you put so much effort into something, you know, and you just want to see. At that point, you you don't care where or lose. You just want to do it, you know? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a lot more frustrating in uh, combat sports because <clears throat> there's only two of you in the ring, and if one person doesn't show, then you don't get to do anything. Um, All right. If if it's like a strongman event or a powerlifting event, even if nobody shows up, you can still compare your your scores and your numbers to other people in other competitions and like a ranking system. Um, mm-hmm. Or or other people might still be in the division. You know, if there's six show, uh, signed up and one doesn't yeah. show, you know. But in, in combat sports, if somebody doesn't show up, then you're kind of done. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, Every now and then I'll catch like the Ultimate Fighter, and I saw I only episode I saw uh, that one guy. He's from Costa Rica, uh, you know. And, and of course, out there you're putting bad conditions because you're out there, you know, no TV, no radio, all this other stuff. Um, and the goal is to make the UFC or to make a, a good impression on Dana White. So they go up to fight. Yeah. Well, the guy who's put fight uh, has cramps or, or something uh, health-wise wrong with. So he can't fight. So the guy wins. So he, it's a tournament, and he gets automatically advanced to the next round, which is good because he, he didn't fight. He doesn't have a scratch or anything. Uh, and he's, like, almost, I mean, he's fighting to hold back tears. He's almost, I mean, he, he's tearing up. He's falling because he's, like, I, I came here to fight, you know. Uh, the fight, to me, is a, uh, I, I tell people, the worst time for a fighter um, is the the day before and the day of the worst times because you, you have all the self doubt and all the stuff you know just negative stuff sinking in, and then once you get into your fight, you're able to just release all of it. You just you yeah. know, all the stress, bringing you know, your girlfriend's yelling, all this you know uh, work, all these problems. You're able to just uh, 
be, you know, ultra aggressive and let let all those emotions and everything out during the fight. Um, so when that's canceled, you still have all that stuff built up, you know. Um, and that's that's a hard thing to deal with. Yeah, it's definitely a different kind of thing. Um, it's it's got a totally different uh, emotional feel to it, I think, than any other. Um, any other sport, I mean, I, at least any sport that I've messed with, I don't think has the right. same, uh, you know, emotional or, or, or mental aspect. It's completely different than anything else you'll ever do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and the other sports have it, boxing. Um, you know, boxing has it, but they have, MMA is a little bit more stricter. If, uh, like, you, you have to have the fight card has to be in and approved a week prior to the uh, to the bout. Um, so uh, boxing, they could change it a little bit. Uh, did you ever hear the story about when I saw Eric Watkins? Um, if if I if I did hear it, I don't remember it. That would have been a while ago. My my uh, memory. Had, uh, <laughs> oh, trust me, I'm, I'm right there with you. The um, so I had a fight set up in Ohio, and uh, I at that time I walked around. Um, I tried to stay around 205, 210. Um, and I, would, I would fight 185 pounds. Well, I think I had a uh, Eric who was teaching boxing at the gym because uh, I've yeah. done a little formal boxing, but it wasn't really my thing. You know, I haven't studied a lot in it. So he was actually teaching me and people at the gym boxing. Um, so, you know, a couple of days before the fight, my fight gets canceled. So I'm at the, uh, I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm eating because I'm walking around at that point, you know, 188 pounds. Right. Uh, and so I remember I'm, I'm at the, the drive through at Taco Bell by the school, and uh, I mean, I've probably got like $20 worth of tacos or something. You know, I, I mean, I got like two chalupas in each hand, you know. And he, he uh, Eric gives me a call. I was like, "Hey man, you want to fight?" And it's like, "All right, I you know didn't know you had a problem, but you know we 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 can if you want." He's like, "No, no, not like that." I guess his guy who was supposed to fight stepped off a curb and twisted his ankle or something. So uh, this is like a Tuesday, and I was going. Well, when's the fight? A Friday at uh, at that uh, uh, the hotel by the gym. Oh, okay, yeah, the, the waterfront? Uh, yeah, the waterfront. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree to it, you know, with, the, you know, as I'm holding, you know, chalupas and got taco sauce in my face. Uh, <laughs> I said, well, and I think he fought 170 pounds. And I was like, man, there's no way I can I can do that right now. So he weighed in. Uh, I, mean, I, I kind of stripped down weight. I think I weighed 192 or something. 94, and I think he weighed in with jeans, tennis shoes. He might have had some rocks in his pockets, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. and a hoodie on. <laughs> but, um, and I remember it was a little weird because his trainer, uh, Mac, was the referee. Yeah. But we, we had this agreement. You know, we, we talked. He said, look, uh, I'm going to try and knock you out. And I said, well, good, because I'm going to try and knock you out. <laughs> um, now I didn't know until later that the promoter 
offered him a pretty decent bonus if he did knock me out cold. <laughs> um, so, yeah, at one point, I mean, we're, we're just trying to blast each other. Um, but it was all good. I, I think, you know, we had some drinks afterwards, and, you know, it's a, the fighting game is a weird story. And it's weird. You, you, get, you build weird camaraderie toward people. You know, there's no, for me, there's no anger or aggression, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of I've heard a lot of crazy stories like that um come out of uh you know, combat sports. Um you know you don't get stories like that from from other sports. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so you also played um football, right? Right. I played um played uh it was called Division One it was one double A then. I, they changed it to I forget the name of it, like a championship series or something. But uh, yeah. I played for Charleston Southern uh, University. Um, played a uh, uh, tight end and uh, J-back, which is like a tight end. It's like a, a rolling fullback, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that. Yeah. Yeah, I got the injury bug a little bit. Uh, I couldn't stay healthy. And, you know, one thing a lot of people don't realize about uh Collegiate sports is you know, you don't have much time. You you have to do it right then because if you can't perform at that moment, you got kids that are two three years younger than you. They will get placed ahead of you. So every every day you have to you know prove you're there um, and compete at that high level. I think I was just worried. I, I hurt my back and you know I already been in school for like four years and you know, like well you get a medical red shirt and then uh. Told me I get cortisone shots in my lower back. Uh, I've already started like arthritis and stuff. And I, I was 21, 22. And uh, the doctor says, uh, hey, you, know, do you, do you see yourself lifting heavy stuff or doing construction as you get older? I said, I, you, know, you got to do what you got to do to work. He's like, well, you'll probably have to have back surgery in about uh, 28 or 30. I said, well, I'm 22 now, 28, 30 years, you know, 50 or so. I wasn't too bad. He's like, no, at the age 28 or 30. Oh, wow. So I was like, well, you know, maybe it's time to, uh, you know, step back a little bit. So I, I left that for a year. Then I I got picked up and I played for the um, Carolina Storm, which was the uh, a North American Football League. Um, I switched from offense to defense because it's uh, a little bit easier being the hammer than the nail. Right. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> once I got I got done with that, I was like, so I, I mean, I was probably twenty three, twenty four. I was still uh, very competitive, you know, because I I played sports since I was five years old. You know, every season, every sport, you know, soccer, baseball, um, basketball, track, everything. Um, so I got done. I said, I can't really put on a suit and tie and sit behind a desk right now. You know, I need to be active. And uh, the the girl I was dating was up here in Ohio. So I figured, hey, I'll, I'll come up there. Um, I was checking out gym places. And I think I, I emailed the guy, uh, Mike. And uh, we, we joke about it. I said, hey, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm doing a little, I said, wrestling, a little bit of training uh, before him as far as mixing uh, stand-up and grappling for MMA. And I said, hey, this is what I'm going to do, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, He's, he was like, well, you know, 
I get I get fifty of those a day. Out of that fifty, I might see five people. I got five people. One person might stay. Um, but I you know, I stuck it through, and and then when I had to move uh, a year or two later, you know, I, I still wouldn't compete and had that drive. That's when I opened up the uh, Morgantown School. So where did um, where did wrestling fit into all that? Because uh, you wrestled as well, right? Right. I I grew up wrestling. I, I wish I took it uh, a little more serious. You know, high school we used to, uh, back then they used to have the, the score table right beside the mat in the in the gyms. So um, me and my buddy we used to have bets to see if we can grab someone and throw them into the score table. You know. <laughs> um, I, I, my idea is, it's a Friday, it's Thursday or Friday, there's a party going on somewhere, I'm trying to go in there and win the first period, you know, uh, I like the showmanship of uh, pro wrestling aspect, you know, uh, I wasn't too fancy, it's kind of like a, throwing a rock at a wall, you know, I, I won some, I lost some, but uh, I, I tell people, my, my brother is a far better technical wrestler. Uh, than I than I ever was, but uh, so he never pinned me because I I was just far more aggressive in my style. I think um, aggression's a big a big uh, key in any of that stuff. Um, I think it's very uh, underestimated. I think a lot of people come into that stuff and they're timid and they want to be very defensive, and that works for some people. But I think I think aggression can make up for a lot of other shortcomings. Oh right, the um, uh, what's the fighter's name everybody hates right now? Uh, Kobe, Kobe Covington. I don't know if you saw his fight against uh, Tapio Dos Anjos. Okay. Um, Kobe doesn't have the greatest standing for the world. Everybody knows he he's a wrestler. He, he's very Chell Sonnen esque, who ironically is one of his mentors. Um, and uh, but like I said, I always believe if you had tremendous Cardio with, you know, let's say like a, a wrestling ability or, or, or some ability, but and you're also aggressive, that's a really tough thing to beat. I mean, if you could put constant pressure and aggression on people at a, at a high pace uh, for an extended time, you know, not, not too many people can last, last that long. Yeah, that's true. I think... Um I think I think that can be um, easily uh, seen if if you watch any of the uh, like the UFC or any of that stuff. Um, there's usually if you look at the people that are at the top of any division, um, like let's say you took every champion from every division, I would say nine out of ten or eight out of ten are what you would consider aggressive, and maybe you know one or two out of the ten would be more of the uh, laid back style. I think it's much more common to see the aggressors as the winners. Right. I mean, even, you know, if you're looking like real-life situations, um, every now and then somebody tag me or send me, you know, one of those little street fight things on Facebook. I, I hate watching them, you know, because it's just a lot of windmill punching. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, but nine times out of ten, the aggressive person, the aggressive kid wins. Um, doesn't always doesn't always mean the bigger kid wins. It's just the kid that comes keeps coming forward. You know, you you throw you know fifty shots, and another person throws two shots. 
you have your chances are a little bit better. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think going back to catch wrestling or, or submission wrestling and, and your class and stuff, I think that's also um, part of the reason I liked that so much was that um, it's it's a more aggressive type thing. I, I think a lot of um, a lot of, of other arts are, um, you know, they get this idea of self-defense and that you're defending against what the other person's doing, and you go into it with that mentality. And then the sport has evolved to, um, or the not the sport, but the art has evolved to uh, kind of cater to that. And yeah. um, you know, it's like, oh, well, you're going to you're going to be the smaller person, you're going to beat up the bigger aggressor. Um, and catch wrestling wasn't really like that. Um, it was like defense, defense through offense. I thought, and I, I much prefer that. I think if, like you said, the aggressor usually um, is going to win, and I think it's important to pick. If you see somebody winning and you see, like I said, eight out of ten people, if eight out of ten people are aggressive, then that tells you aggression is a desirable trait and that's, you know, you, you should start to um, learn to be aggressive. And it's not a trait that a lot of people are born with. Um, I would say actually the minority of people are aggressive, uh, you know, by nature. But, um, but you can be taught to be more aggressive. And I think that's important. Right. I agree 100%. Um, I mean, and there are guys at the gym that I, I train with that um, just don't have that necessarily aggressive switch. I mean, they're, they're phenomenal athletes, um, but for whatever reason, you know, I've, I've trained guys that weren't that weren't the best athletically, uh, but they were just animals in the gym, and people hated working out with them because it's just so much, you know, so much pressure everywhere you go. They're, they're yeah. always right. A lot of this is the, the training that I got. Um, Michael Pat went to, he, he grew up wrestling and then playing rugby. Um, and then he went into jiu-jitsu and uh, fighting. Uh, but he, he's very big on you know, being on top, being on pressure. You know, he's not big on pulling guard. Uh, the thing about being on the bottom is the bottom is all skill. Uh, if, if, you have, you know, if you have no skill or no, you know, you're not slick, it's hard to beat somebody from the bottom. But if you're on top, you know, you have gravity, you have weight, you have pressure, you have your strength to be used against them. Um, it's, you know, you, you're able to do a little bit more things. I, and I agree 100%. Um, and it's actually very, it's very rare to hear, um, from my experience anyway, uh, anybody that grapples to, to say that because, um, like I said, I think there's this, self-defense mentality and it's like it's always people are thinking well I'm the smaller weaker person they're the bigger stronger person I'm always going to be in a worse position and then um, because of that mentality it's kind of like uh, been ingrained into jiu-jitsu and some of these other arts that that the bottom is now desirable for some reason because it's assumed that you're going to be there and uh, a lot of these guys will pull guard or or they say they have no problem being on the bottom but again, if you if you're watching um, the UFC or even if you're watching um, jiu-jitsu tournaments, which those are painful to watch, but if you sit down and watch one, um, you'll see most of the submissions are not coming from the bottom. Most of the wins, when somebody gets submitted, it's it's from the top or the back position, and right. it it's actually it sticks out in your mind when people win from the bottom because it doesn't happen very often. 
you know, when you see that somebody throw up that triangle and get that triangle, that sticks out in your mind, and it's like, wow, it's because it it doesn't happen very often. And um, right, I think the top position is definitely the better position, and I'd like to see more um, more schools and, and instructors admit to that and kind of uh, push that. But you you don't really find that. I think the people with wrestling backgrounds are more likely to uh, have that mentality, but um, your traditionalists don't seem to. Right. Well, I think people fall into this, this whole group. Uh, you know, wrestling, I tell people all the time, you know, you know, we'll have a tough class at the gym, whether it's Muay Thai, grappling, whatever part. You know, in this, you know, at, at the gym, I tell people, like, like oh, you know, Class was tough, you know, we're sweating. And I said, yeah, but it's nowhere near any tougher than any wrestling class, you know, I've ever been to. Right. You know, uh, I think, you know, wrestling is just a nonstop grind. I mean, you want, people want to quit in wrestling practice two or three times a day, daily. Yeah. But you just have to, you know, push through it. Um, and where other schools, you know, they, they go over like a theory and they sit back and they relax. Um which is good. I mean, it, it works well for some people, uh, but I think it's an overall overall majority, especially people that fight. I mean, that's why you, if you look at the UFC, uh, a lot of wrestlers, you know, tend to dominate because they're used to that, that constant pressure, that constant grind. That's tough to deal with. Yeah, I think um, as far as wrestling goes, I think uh, I think a lot of factors go into why wrestlers kind of. Um, started to dominate. Um, I think it's starting to even out now, just like with jiu-jitsu. You know, jiu-jitsu ran rampant through the UFC until people started, like, getting a grasp of it. And um, and you don't have to have the same skill level in jiu-jitsu as your opponent to beat them in the UFC because there's so many factors now. Right. Um, but then the wrestlers started beating everybody, and now everybody kind of knows a little bit about wrestling, and they're starting to somewhat mitigate that. But I still think the wrestlers are probably in the major the majority of um, in the win set and the you know is winning oh, as far as winning goes. Right. Uh, I think uh, you know because saying that the wrestler controls uh, the pace and where the fight goes, whether it's standing or on the ground. Now, one of the biggest problems wrestlers have is they um, they have a high level wrestling. And they'll they'll start doing MMA training. Okay, well I got wrestling, I'm good. I'll keep that in the back pocket. I'll start doing other stuff. Well, then they go into the cage and they have a guy that's never, you know, wrestled at a high level, taking them down, defending shots because they're continuing to work at it. You know, right? Um, yeah, it's like when you get um, when you get good enough at something, you think that, you know you can set it on the back burner. And, and also, I think. Um, if you if you did any, and I'm sure you can vouch for this. If you did any college sport, um, you're basically a professional athlete, and you're getting run in the ground with it. And then when you get out of school and you go to a fight gym and it's optional, it's very easy to say, you know what, I don't want to do double legs all the way across the gym today. I'd rather do boxing because you oh, have God. done you know double legs across the gym for the last four years every day. Um, oh, right. It's easy to get burnt out now that you have the option to not do it. It's hard to make yourself do it. Um, oh, I, I agree 100%. That's you know, one of the issues I've had with, uh, with weightlifting. Um, I think the, the biggest I got in college 
heaviest I got was like um, 275. Um, I was I was benching over four, uh, squatting close to seven, but you know people don't realize you know especially collegiate level, you know you you have your food and you have training, so you're, you're especially in the summertime all you do is eat train, eat train, yeah, um, you know so that gets really embedded into you. Uh, so now that I don't have to do those things, it's hard to go back and voluntarily put myself back in that mode, you know, yeah. where, 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 I mean, I've seen guys in the gym do, in college doing curls, uh, some crazy curl set they were doing, and literally throwing up in the trash can. That's how hard <laughs> and intense they were curling. Yeah. You know, or, or, you know, working arms and stuff, which is, which now, you know, to the person that you see at the gym now would say that's completely crazy. But in that, in that collegiate setting, you're like, hey, man, you, all right, you're, you're working out good. You're working out tough. If you're not, if you're not getting sick, if you're not fainting, if you're not squatting and racking it, and your legs give out. You're not working that hard enough. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I think it, it, it's good. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, you know, now, like you say, if it's an option, well, maybe I don't have to put three fifteen uh, on. I'll just rep out, you know, two hundred. You know, so you don't necessarily have to, it's easier to push yourself in that setting. Again, going back to the team aspect, because you have everybody else pushing themselves. So you want to push yourself along with them. Yeah, and I think that's one of the pitfalls with, um, with uh, MMA and in martial arts in general is in college, there's a whole system designed to make you train that hard and want to train that hard. And then when you come out and you go to an MMA gym, um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's different if, if you're in the UFC or something and you're going to these fight camps, but the gyms, you know, that, that, that the majority of MMA people are going to, um, a lot of that stuff is, is pretty optional, and they don't have the resources that the college or like, a, or like a, you know, America Top Team or something has. Um, so it's even more difficult, like, you know, you go to the MMA gym and then you want to squat really heavy, but does the MMA gym have that available? So now you've got to go across town to another place to where you can do that. And by the time you drive over there, you're cooled down. You don't even want to do it. And oh, yeah. um, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons that, that wrestlers are so good in MMA. Like I said, it's a lot of factors, I think, for wrestling and why they dominate. It's not just wrestling because um, I listened to a podcast with Chael Sonnen, and Chael Sonnen was talking about wrestling. He said there's not a lot of technique, like actual techniques from wrestling that apply in MMA. There's just a few. There's a handful of them. And, but if you're really good at those handful of uh, moves, they can lead you to victory. And, right. and they're not even winning moves. Like, you can't do a double leg and then it's over. <laughs> like, I mean, unless you slam the shit out of them. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lead-in to a win. And I think, like you said, aggression. Wrestlers are just, they're, they're bred through their wrestling career to be aggressive. Um, right. They are, uh, like you said, they're, they're in a culture, especially if they made it to college wrestling, they're in a culture where they are pushing themselves to the point, like you said, they're doing curls till they throw up. Um, you're not going to see that at your average boxing gym. You're not going to see that at your average Taekwondo gym. Yeah. Um, 
And then on top of that, the colleges and a lot of the high schools now, depending on what state you're in and how much money the states have, um, they're doing legit strength and conditioning, and it's not optional. Like if, if right. you go to a karate gym or a jiu-jitsu gym, a lot of those people don't even don't even lift. They don't put any faith in strength and conditioning. But but the wrestlers, even if they don't think it works, they still have to do it because that's what the coach yeah. said. Right. And um and I think they go into the sport a lot stronger and in a lot better shape and a lot better conditioned because of yeah. that. Um and I think that alone is huge. If you're aggressive. If you're more aggressive than your opponent and you're stronger than your opponent and you know how to control the positions, well, it doesn't even matter if you know how to throw a punch. You're probably going to win. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and even stuff with, uh, like, cutting weight, you know, it's going to be coming actually more to the wrestling. I think my, my first fight, I went from 225 to 185 in about about three weeks. I yeah. don't recommend it. It was, it was probably the, the most... Uh, the, we definitely one of the worst things I've done in my body, but uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, uh, but because it's short, it came up short notice. I, I couldn't do it the I couldn't cut it the right way, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, that kind of that that just stick to it grind mentality can help me through that. But uh, you have guys like um, uh, what's his name, Johnny Hendricks, um, who just retired. In college, he had a some a couple stuff like he had some issues weighing in in college uh, nothing terrible but then once he you see once he gets out of that college setting he gets out of that 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 team the kind of group mentality uh, his problems you know snowball as far as making weight you know um, so if, if it's if it's tough to do with uh, you know people around you you know when you get on by yourself it's gonna be nearly impossible. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think too. There's a phenomenon where um, if you cut, there, there's a certain amount of weight that that your your body's like okay with you cutting, and um, and, and there's no science behind this. This is just all from what I've noticed, um, and and I've been around a lot of people that cut weight. It gets harder um, to do ridiculous weight cuts each and every time because yeah, your body kind of remembers and it's like hell no. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it uh, like I, I, my my main majority of my fights were 185, and uh, which was a huge drop, you know, from the heaviest 275 I was playing football, um, and uh, you know, it's I guess a lot more you know the older you get, of course, you know, your 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 body levels and everything change, and uh, I was always pretty lean as a kid, you know, I, I could. I, I joke with people now. I used to, uh, I could eat a buffet, a foot long subway sub, jog for three minutes, and I lose ten pounds. You know, now I could jog for two hours, eat a salad, and I gain five pounds. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that happens. Think you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're. You, I think Frank Shamrock said the best. He talked about the. The body is a machine, you know. And, you know, you talk about the fuel and stuff you put into it, but uh, just like anything, I mean, you, you put so much stress on stuff. I mean, I got, I have neck problems, fingers, backs, all this stuff. Uh, you know, and a lot of this, well, a lot of it's because I played football at a lot higher weight than my body weight 
naturally. Um, right. And that put a lot, that put just as much stress on my body as when I was cutting below my natural body weight. Oh, yeah, I agree, yeah. Um, so how do you think um, uh, strength training um, affects martial arts? Because like I said, there's a lot of people that, you know, well, some people say you shouldn't do it at all. Um, you know, they think you should just run six miles a day, and then there's, there's people who think that you should do it a little bit, but you should only do body weight stuff, and then there's like these kettlebell fanatics. And it seems like yeah. martial, arts, martial arts has not yet, uh, with the exception of wrestling, has not yet um, picked up like, hey, I should do whatever the strongest person at this is doing. I'll use a little bit of that and a little bit of this. It seems like they always fixate on one thing, like, oh, you should only run, you should only do body weight, you should only do kettlebells. Um, but I know that well, you play football, um, so I'm sure they made you lift weights. And I, I think I caught you lifting weights a couple times back in the day. Yep. And um, and you were always fairly uh, fairly strong. I mean, I, I, that's a noticeable thing in the gym when you when you grapple somebody or even even Muay Thai or something. When somebody has some strength, it, it's immediately noticeable. Um, right. And uh, and there's always those people in the gym where you're like. Damn, this guy's so strong. You know, uh, right. Mo Howard. Remember Mo that used to train at the oh, gym. Oh yeah. That right. dude was like, yeah, like the Incredible Hulk, you know. But uh, what what are your thoughts um, on strength training and and how it applies to the different parts? Um, you know, I have a couple of ideas from uh, at least how to gain strength. You know, I think uh, I have a lot of uh. Uh, when I was younger, you know, I grew up, uh, we, we had some horses and stuff. So I was always belling hay, cutting trees, doing all this stuff. Um, so I, I feel like even though I was smaller, uh, people used to joke, and we, we, could, we just called it country strong, you know. Um, from when we started at a young age doing stuff. Um, I've known guys that are big and bulky and aren't necessarily that strong, you know. I think you have, like, lifting strength. Uh, and I joke with people, and again, I don't know the science behind it, but the uh, you know the old phrase, "old man strength." Um, that's a that's a real thing. Uh, Ken, you remember Ken uh, Willis? Yeah, I just yeah. saw him today, actually. Yeah. Okay, he was, and uh, I mean, he, he's a little bit older, especially when he he first started. But I remember when like he would grab somebody, and be like, "Cheese," and you know, here I am, I you know, I'm, I'm lifting, I'm putting all this work. And he's grabbing me at the same strength I'm grabbing him. And I think some people kind of either naturally have it, you know, some they don't. But I think it's a it's a very big part. For a while, I cut back from the heavy stuff to kind of let my body, my shoulders and joints heal. And I was doing just a lot of body weight stuff. Um, because I was trying to slowly bolt down, so I won't have to cut so much weight. But I, uh, I got trained this one kid, um, uh, Luke Charlie, if he sticks with it, he'll uh, he has a, a high potential to do really well. Um, knowledge wise, you know, uh, I'm far exceeding him, but uh, you know, strength wise, we're about to the same size, same build. I think I outweighed him by 10 or 15 pounds. Um, man, there's nothing I can do. He was uh, he had, he had to work out with uh, all of our heavyweights and super heavyweights. And he was about two, 215, 220. He was working out with like 260. And he literally just throwing them 
around the gym. Um, now, he, he played defensive end for University of Hawaii um, and stuff, but he was just one of those natural people. He was just a, you know, a freak, you know, strong. Um, but, you know, it's definitely uh, important because you're going to come across people like that, you know. Uh, I think people that say are, are very anti-lifting, I think they've never been really taught how to lift correctly. Um they don't want to put the time in because it's hard. Two of the worst things uh, in training uh, for, you know, whether it be martial arts or anything, um, you know, getting hit in the face sucks. Uh, getting your arm twisted and thrown on the ground sucks. But you can deal with that. Me personally, I think the worst thing is cardio. Well, a couple, three worst things. The cardio, stretching, and uh, the lifting, you know, because those are things you see the benefits, you know, the benefits you have to build. You know, I could teach somebody a guillotine, and within five minutes, you know, five or ten minutes, they, they have a pretty solid guillotine. You know, you can't start some out on the bench or, or whatever, squat machine, and within 20 minutes they're doing 450, 500 pounds. You know, there's, there's a progression and uh, you know, like the old saying, anything that uh, anything that's worth doing doesn't come easy. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, because it's so hard, you know, oh, it's no good. They come up with these reasons to to kind of stuff away. Yeah, I agree. I I think a lot of martial artists don't look. Um, it must be the culture or something. They don't. Uh, they don't look for coaches. They they oftentimes want to, you know, lift on their own, and then you know how that is. I mean, that's okay if it's if it's a hobby and that's all you're doing, but you can't do that um, and train for a sport. Like I don't right. think I don't think there's any um, like professional athlete like a nobody in the NFL is like no, I'm not going to work with my, with my expert strength coach. I'm just going to watch some YouTube videos and go lift in my basement. Right. Um, but that's what a lot it's of such uh, a high level. Yeah, I just don't, you know, and that seems to be what a lot of martial artists want to do, or, or they base their opinion of um, lifting off of people that that that's what they did, you know, like oh, I know this guy who's like kind of strong and he lives next to me, but he can't wipe his ass, and you know that's what happens when you lift weights, and they're not looking at like. Um, you know, like an Olympic weightlifter. An Olympic weightlifter is very flexible and very explosive. Right. And um, they're not looking at that, and they're not trying to learn from that person. Um, <clears throat> or they immediately look at, like, when I say, hey, you should lift weights, they immediately think, uh, you know, Bill Kazmaier or World's Strongest Man guy. <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm not necessarily saying that either, you know, but it wouldn't hurt to, you know, be able to squat, like, what your opponent weighs. <laughs> Right, right. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of um, mystique for some reason within that community. I, I think it's because it's very traditional, too. I think there's just this traditional mentality, even though MMA and, um, you know, some of the newer arts like Krav Maga and stuff, they kind of badmouth the traditional arts, but in a way, they're still part of that clinging on to, to their stuff, too. All right. You know, I, I did a, uh, a seminar and. Um, I guess a, a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago, 
and there were a lot of traditional martial arts guys there. Now, the same thing, you know, just, just how, like, the, the, I guess what some people call modern martial arts, you know, it's not necessarily modern stuff that's been around hundreds of years. Um, you know, they, they kind of dog out the traditional guys, and the traditional guys kind of dog out. And, you know, like most things, they're all things that connect. You know, there's certainly, whether it's a move or movements or some philosophy, um, you know, there, everything's got something that you can apply. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go to a Taekwondo school and try to work on my boxing. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll, you know, I, if I don't work on kicks, they have phenomenal, um, you know, roundhouses. I think there's a couple of videos of, of Joe Rogan, who was a high-level uh, Taekwondo competitor, uh, teaching George St. Pierre the, the uh, spinning, um, uh, spinning heel kick. Uh, just because, I mean, that's kind of like their bread and butter. Just like, you know, the same thing, I'm not going to get a boxer and try to learn wrestling. You know, uh, and, you know, but people shouldn't go to YouTube or, or something to try and learn to, to lift weights or, or any type of fitness. You know, just like you would go to something else that specializes. I think people have a hard time, for whatever reason, for, uh, weight training. Everybody's like, oh, I, I got this. And it's very kind of a machismo thing. You know, and I'm not saying I'm, there are times I've been, I've had that same mentality, you know. Um, but I think anytime you, anytime you have to, you do it something that uh, you have to tear the body down, whether it's like stretching, um, lifting, it, it sucks, man. It sucks. It's, it's not fun. You know, uh, getting your hamstrings, you know, extremely flexible is horrible, horrible. I mean, it hurts every, every time. Yeah. Uh, Learn to wrestle, that stuff is fun. Because I know what not to do so I don't have to do those things. But, you know, lifting weights and, and stretching and cardio, you force yourself into that, you know, all right, I'm in the bottom of the barrel, you know. Yeah, and, and after, you know, stretching is the same, um, like you said, with lifting weights. Like, you, you could spend 20 minutes stretching your hamstring, <laughs> and you're not going to be able to touch your toes, you know what I mean? Like, all right. You know, it's just, it's a long process as well. Um, I think maybe it's just that a lot of people only want to commit to one long, long process. Like, hey, I'm going to take a long time and get good at martial arts. I don't want to take a long time and get good at four or five other things. But I think if you're going to be, if you want any kind of longevity, you're going to have to because I think that strength, being strong, prevents injuries and helps you come back from injuries faster. Oh, yeah. So that, that increases your longevity in the sport, and the same with flexibility. Um, the less mobile you are, in most cases, that also means you're more likely to get hurt. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the nature of most, not most, but at least half submission holds. The nature of that submission hold is testing the mobility of a joint. Oh, yeah. And, and if you have that uh, mobility, then you have a little bit more time to uh, tap out or get out or whatever, whatever the situation dictates. Um, yeah, I just don't, you know, I think, I think any physical endeavor um, is worth exploring. I mean, if you can get better in any aspect, whether it's stronger, faster, whatever, um, I don't see why it should be looked at as a, 
as a negative thing. I think it should just it should be more looked at like how would that apply to what I'm doing, not a I don't want to do that because. Right. I mean, and there's some stuff like when, you know because uh, I did personal training uh, for a while and I worked with different athletes. Um, is a uh, it's called the it's a sports enhancement training program I was, I was helping run. And um, I worked with a lot of, like, golfers because uh, in the area I was at um, and different you know, football players and stuff. And I, I tell them, you know, they would come in here and this golfer wants to do all this, like, weightlifting stuff. And, like, you know, you need a strength and stuff that applies to your sport. You know, um, you know, I'd have them do... Uh, Body squats and uh, cable pulls with his feet on the uh, the the disc, the little air disc. So he has to you know use all the stabilizing muscles. Um, you know, uh, my, my dad used to say the, the bench is great, uh, but as it applies to football, let's say I put a bench on the 50 yard line. You know, squat, um, you know, power cleans. Those apply a little bit more to football. Uh, than your standard regular bench. Uh, right. more, uh, you know, so. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, I think bench is a uh, bench is a little uh, overrated. I think for um, for a lot of sports, but it's also the most popular lift. So <laughs> you know, that's you know, the. You go to any high school. I'm, I'm sure it's like this now. Um, because kind of the, the the jocks are you know supposing you know those guys all kind of tend to think the same. You know, squat is great. You know, everybody admires a good squat. But um, you have somebody throw up a monster bench. You know, everybody's looking. You know, right. um, like uh, was it? Uh, you know, when uh, when Thor. Uh, the last year broke the world uh, deadlifting record. You know, over a thousand some pounds. R- ridiculous. Yeah. But on the same show, I mean, they had tons of people watching. On the same show, watch somebody do a 800 pound bench or something like that. You'll have more eyes on that side than you were. Just you know, it's a very uh, very big old, old bravado. You know. Oh yeah, I, I agree 100 percent to the. You know, to the non to the non lifter and even a lot of lifters, the the bench press is like for whatever reason gets gets everybody's attention. Um, now you said you did some uh, you were doing some personal training. I think you were doing personal training out of um, Morgantown Martial Arts when you were here a little bit as well. Um, are you doing any of that now? Um, you know, I, as much as I can. You know, I have a uh, a little kid. And, I try to. Uh, all I, mean, I just need to figure out how to add about eight more hours into the day. Right. And then, uh, then I feel like I can get some stuff done. Um, but I work um, more so with a lot of fighters um, and guys like hey, a lot of it's just sports specific um, conditioning and training. Okay. So you're you're ta- do you take on um, you taking on like martial arts clients that want to fight? Or how does that work? Right. Well, I mean, I you know, I, I, I'm a, uh, I think it's a, you know, it's a, it gives a better lifestyle, a healthier 
their lifestyle. So I, I, I mean, I know I'll train anybody, you know, uh, as long as they have the desire to, uh, you know, that that want to push themselves. You know, I I tell my clients, um, give me your goals. Your your real instead so of give me their goals, I want to do this. Okay, now give me your your realistic goal. Because I told you, I was like, I can get you in the gym, and you know. If you, you know, with the right diet plan, the right conditioning, the right lifting plan, um, the right sleep, you know, I could have you surpass your goals, but if I can't be around you 24-7, if you're not really going to eat right, if you're not going to sleep right, it doesn't matter if you're going there and putting the work in the gym. You know, that's just, I think when people forget, that's, the gym aspect is one aspect of the the whole body, you know, Uh, you're not, you know, uh, sleep, eating. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a guy at a place I work. Keeps asking about losing weight, um, and uh, it's why I'm, I'm going back to the gym. Uh, just started going to the gym, you know. But I see him; he'll order a whole, like a large pizza, eats it, and then washes it down with, you know, Coca-Cola and stuff. I'm like, well, you're you're just deleting. Everything you just did, yeah. Um, I think there. I think Dave Schultz had a had a good quote saying, "You can eat whatever you want to eat. Doesn't matter what you want to eat, but you gotta be willing to put in the time and the work the next day." Um, yeah, I think. You see, like powerlifters and like strong men and bodybuilders, um, especially. Bodybuilders in their off season, they're 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 pretty large. And even powerlifters are bigger guys, but they're putting so much work. I think people really underestimate. I mean, everybody thinks about steroids and stuff. I said, people don't see how much work these guys put in the gym and how how grueling it is. Yeah, I think um, I think that's underestimated because because the lifting is the sport. So if you take any other sport, like let's say football, and you got to think like how many hours of football practice per week do you have, and then you lift and you add those hours to practice. But with powerlifting, strongman, your practice and your sport are the same. So you're you're doing you're spending that much time in the gym, right? At that top level, I mean, you're, these people, these guys at the top level, it's not. Hey, I'm going to be in the gym for an hour every day. You know, they're they're right. packing a lunch and going to the gym. You know, and you see that in almost in every sport. Um, the people that the the people that rise or or at that high highest level, um, that becomes their life. I think there was a story I read about J.J. Watt. His first his first year, first two years in the NFL, he didn't own a TV in his house. He said where a TV set or in his apartment. He said where there was a TV. He had a giant chalkboard and would constantly write plays. <laughs> you know, and that's that's crazy dedication. Um, they're yeah. guys like you know they're fighters. All they want to do is they uh, eat, sleep, drink, train, and fight. You know, I did that for a while to the point where uh, I don't want to. You know, I I don't want to see anything to do with any fighting. I don't want to see any clothes. I, I'm just you know. You surround us so much of, but some people that's you know they're they're able to to live in that zone. You know, like you said, it's, it's 
you know, if you're in the gym nine hours a day, seven days a week, you know, that's going to be a big difference. That's true. So um, where are you training people out of? Tell us where you're, um, where you're located. And if somebody wants to um, get with you about training or whatever, tell us how to do that. Um, I'm out of uh, a train on Dayton MMA. Um, in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I do travel. I, I've traveled and done seminars uh, in different places. And I'm, I'm I'm fairly reasonable. You know, I'm I'm pretty realistic. You know, some some people aren't that realistic, but uh, um, yeah, I can leave uh, my number. Of course, on Facebook, if you want to get a hold of me, it's just uh, Will Bun W I L B U N N. Uh, are you uh, are you on Instagram or anything like that? Yeah. Or Twitter? Uh, I think yeah, yeah. Instagram, I think I believe Twitter too. It's just wbun82. Um, <clears throat> my thing now is like, I try to you know uh, I try to I try to eat clean, you know, positive. I think my mom thinks I eat a little bit cleaner than I do. She's like, oh, when's the last time you had a soda? You know, because she thought oh, it was probably a month. So like, oh, I mean, I had a Mountain Dew last night at dinner. <laughs> yeah. I think people get that misconception too. Um, I, I'm not sure. Did CrossFit get really big in that area? So, you know, it, it picked up once I left. It's big here in Dayton for a while. Um, yeah, we have we have about uh, uh, there's probably four or five CrossFit gyms in Morgantown now. Yeah, which is good. Problem? You ever go out to eat with? Because uh, you know when the paleo diet was a huge thing. Couple yeah. years ago, oh man, it's it, you know again great people and that's what they want to do, but it, that's all they talk about. You got to do this, this, and this. And man, I just busted five hours, my ass five hours in the gym, you know, and then I went and ran in cardio. I got to be somewhere an hour. I'm gonna grab a cheeseburger at McDonald's, you know. Now you can't make that your everyday meal, but you no. know. I, uh, well, I think. Um, the big thing now is like the ketogenic diet, which is basically um, yeah. the Atkins diet that, that the hardcore people are trying to take take over. But um, yeah, that's fine. I think in, in the paleo diet and stuff, I think that's fine um, for your average person. Like I said, comes to the gym and works out for an hour and then goes home and takes their kid to soccer practice or something. But the, the problem is that's bleeding over into people that actually want to compete in things and they're doing these diets and. Like I said, it, it not only it's time consuming, but not only that, but it's not enough to refuel. Like if if you're doing jujitsu, let's say for three hours, and you were going to run or lift or whatever your pick your poison, and then you're going to go home and you're not going to eat any carbohydrates. Like oh yeah, at what point at what point are you willing to just sacrifice the quality of your training just so you can say you're on a stupid diet? Because oh right. There's no way you're going to not eat carbs and then be able to give 100% in a really tough conditioning session. And the the conditioning session is more important than whether your abs show up or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I joke, people often, that's, you know, my, my kind of joke is, or inside joke is, the biggest, you know, trick has been playing a lot of people and the, you know, they're trying to get like the, the the diet community, so to speak. Um, 
is that carbs are the devil. Carbs are horrible. Right. Um, and I was like, well, yes, if you eat a ridiculous amount of carbs and you sit on the couch and you're not active, anything, yes, that, that is, they're great. They're going to show up. And it's going to affect you. I said, but, you know, uh, if you if you see the diet of, like, these marathon runners, right? Um, these people, I mean, they carb load like crazy. Because they need that long, that long-lasting, you know, energy. Um, yeah, I, I just don't get it. You know, uh, you know, I, I'm big on protein. I, I get a lot of protein, but you know, I uh, was telling my brother the other day. Um, we we're talking about lifting. I was like, you know, your, your body's only hold so much protein at a time. You know, it, it is serving. And I was like, you know, I see you guys though. You know, I'm, bro, I got get my 110 grams of protein in this meal. I'm like, why? You're you're wasting, you know, majority of that. Your body's going to process and you get rid of, you know. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that comes from um, the absorption. I, I'm a believer that if you get 115 grams of protein from steak, you, you're not going to digest it fast enough to where you're not going to be able to um, process it out. Right, but right. but I think I think if you get 115 grams of protein from a super fast absorbing whey protein shake, uh, it's hard to say where a lot of that's going because it's uploaded so fast. Can your body keep up with it? You might be able right. to train yourself. Like if you did it enough, your body will probably make some sort of adaptation to it. Mm-hmm. But you should probably be eating real food anyway. If you're getting 115 grams from uh, from a protein shake, you're probably either weighing 350 pounds um, or, or you're wasting your time because you're, you're probably not going to weigh 170 pounds and drink 115 grams of protein in a shake and still want to eat and still want to eat real food. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, um, I remember like the, uh, my playing weight in college. The biggest I got, because I'm fairly, I mean, I'm, I'm tall in your 6'2". Um, as I like to say, you know, not quite six three, but uh, I, you know, the NFL has a pretty much like charts. You be this, you know, weigh this, have this height. You know, there's a big when I worked out for the Jaguars, there's this big list of stuff. When the Jaguars came to my school and did a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, they go over like your neckline and your weight. Well, I didn't weigh a lot more. Plus my my natural body weight, two fifteen, two twenty. So I remember sitting down eating four or five plates of spaghetti a meal. Um, and I had to walk. I couldn't drive back to my, my room because uh, I couldn't sit down. So I, I remember walking back and I would eat. So I forced feed myself so much. You know, there were times I'd get halfway there and just, just throw it all up. Because oh, yeah. then i got to go, I gotta go to the Wendy's or whatever. Um, I think one time, one day I count, you know, buddy of mine in the summer counting the carbs or counting the calories and stuff. And I was taking, one day I took about 18,000 calories in. Um, <laughs> That's pretty I, impressive. I, I, would, I would go through, uh, and it's hard, it, uh, it kind of killed my diet. So even now, like, I'll get a little bit hungry, but I'm never really fully hungry because I'm so used to just, just force-feeding it. Uh, but again, I, I was working out training five, six hours a day, um, inside, outside. 
And uh, I'll go to a football practice and lose 15, 20 pounds. Oh, yeah. Just because my, my body's just trying, my, I'm fighting my body to stay at a higher weight. Um, you know, and, uh, of course, I, I, don't, I don't do that much now. It, it, uh, I think my, my body will just stick with that higher weight at the moment, but. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, I'm going to have to wrap up here. Um, anybody listening out there, if you're interested, uh, Dayton, Ohio, um, Will Bunn, he's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, also, he will travel for seminars, so if, if you have a gym or a martial arts gym or even just a bunch of friends and you want to rent a building or something, I'm sure he'd hook you up. Um, you can contact him on uh, Facebook or whatever, um, or get a hold of me and I'll, I'll hook you up with him directly. Um, I want to thank you personally, Will, for being on the show. We'll definitely have you back on here again. It was great talking to you. And uh, this has been Get Strong or Die. All right. I appreciate it. It was, it was great hearing from you again. Thanks, man.